Hello and welcome to the It's Karmic podcast with me, your host, Vika Bradford. This week, I get to introduce you guys to one of, like, a person I'm pretty obsessed with, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, this Today, this introduction is to the Cosmic Laundry and someone I've been connected with for quite a while now, um, Giselle of the Cosmic mm-hmm. Laundry. Welcome. Hi, I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited to like introduce you to any of the people that follow me that don't follow you somehow because they need to. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. That's really, really sweet. I feel like we have very similar approaches to astrology, so it makes sense that we like vibe and have been vibing for a long time. I know. And I don't even know how I started following you. You're you're Mm -hmm. one of those people where I'm like, where did you come from? But like, I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) Yeah. I feel that I always like love connecting with other Canadian astrologers too. I know. I I like seeing more of them come to the surface very slowly. Um, Yes. So I'm excited that we get to be a little part of that little club right now. Yeah, I agree. I love it. Mm, Okay. Tell us a little about you and the cosmic laundry, because Mm -hmm. both those energies and then the infusion of the two are just Mm. beautiful things to watch. Thank you. Yeah. So the cosmic laundry started in 2017, 2018, when I was working full-time in my private practice. Um, My background is in social work and psychology. So um, I was working in private practice, mostly working with couples, which is why you're seeing so much relationship stuff coming in. Cause that before astrology, like that was my first love. Like I just love, love, love relationships. And I think have a knack for understanding relationships. And so Um, yeah, in 2017, I kind of started going deeper into my spiritual journey, started using astrology a lot in my own life, started using it with clients a little bit, like with the ones who are interested and started to share more astrology content on my therapy account, essentially my, it was called Giselle Plamondon at the time. And then I think in 2018, I was like, okay, this is like become, this is an astrology account now. That's like all people want to know. So then I changed the name over. Um, and then some of the changes that you're seeing now are actually because my sister came into the business last year and we wanted to find a way for the brand to feel really true to me, true to itself, and then also bring in some elements of her. So that's where some of the new shifts are coming. Mm, and I love watching that <laughs> because like, I got to see you as Giselle, the cosmic laundry, and then the two of you together and the shift is yes. like it's so potent and it was before yeah. but I love seeing the two of you collaborate and make it even bigger yeah well and I think one of the things too is like because now she's taking care of a lot of the the like mental back end stuff that is just not my cup of tea it's not my forte I have a lot more room to play creatively so I can get a little bit more creative with the brand and um it's just starting to feel like how the brand feels now is like how it feels like it's always supposed to be. I just had to take some time to get there. It took me a while to really like figure out what the vision is. Um, but yeah, bringing, bringing my sister Chantel in really created a, a big shift, which was it's fun. It's been really, really fun. Yeah. It's cool to watch. 
Okay. So, oh my goodness. I just love this Mm because I've gotten to see the, the different levels of you. Um, and this process. So lately you have been talking a lot about synastry and I love that you have the blend of human design and astrology, because I think the two together are really potent. Now, personally, I don't know a lot about human design. I think it's fascinating, mm-hmm. wonderful. And like you yeah. talk about the gates and I'm like trying to like go You're in, like, which one's this, <laughs> what one's me. Right. Yeah. And you do those little, um, gate aesthetic reels. And I'm like, yes. oh, that gate I have more of those to do. Yeah. I love yes. them. Thank so you. much. So, Thank okay. So you. when you're on that level, I'm always just like, I don't know what you're talking about. That is so fair. Right. And then the astrology, I'm like, okay, yep. Um, and it, it just it hits home every time it resonates. Um, so I, I like, I'm just loving the conversations of synastry. I think people, need more of that Mm -hmm. because just it's so healing right to understand how you interrelate not only to your spouse but to every relationship in your life so I would love to get down and dirty with sinistry astrology Mm -hmm. how they all like come together because that's your magic right yes yeah let's let's dive into it do you use sinistry with your clients at all or is that something that you do primarily for yourself so right now in the last, it's funny because the last couple of years, I've had so many clients be like, can we do synastry? And I have a couple of clients I'll do synastry with. If like, um, I feel a really, really potent yes within me, um, yeah. or if I know them really deeply, I'll be like, okay, like, yeah, bring, bring that person's chart. Like I've, you know, clients I've worked with for say three years now and I'll be mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, like let's, let's get into it because I, I can see the lens deeper, but there is a. Um, a student within me still in synastry that is like yeah. I need. I think I there need... always is. Yes, yes, and I'm starting Sinistry's to get complex. out of this. Oh my god, it's huge. So I just <laughs> it's so read... complex, right? I just read the book um, "Karmic Connections" by Judy Hall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read it. Yes, years ago though. Okay, so, so yeah, like as I'm reading this book, so sometimes a book will take me a month to get through, and I always know it's for a reason when that happens. And as I was reading karmic connections, I was going through what I'm literally still in this big relationship, you know, explosion in my life. So as I'm reading the book, I'm like discovering different parts of what's happening in two relationships in my life simultaneously. And each yes. you know month I would go through, I'd be like, Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Right. So Synastry is so complex and I feel like it's not something we ever just like go in. It's not a one reading situation ever. No. Right. No. Yeah. So, well, especially okay. for newbies. Cause you have to, you have to know yourself before the synastry even is valuable. Right. right. So I find that sometimes people want to jump right into synastry, which you can, but there's already so much wisdom in knowing who you are, accepting that, knowing who your partner is, accepting that, and then doing the synastry after that understanding is, is held. But I find sometimes when we jump into synastry without understanding ourselves, it still creates so much space for self-abandoning and a lot of those other like very human issues that live outside of the astrology. So I love that, that yeah, like more, more astrologers are doing synastry and more astrologers are starting to space it out and create Mm -hmm. more space for, for like integrating. 
you know? Exactly. Yes. Okay. So for those listening who the word synastry might be like brand new, um, yeah. can you, can you mund- mundane that word for us? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so synastry is essentially when we just take one person's birth chart and we overlay it on top of another person's birth chart. And it tells us about the connections between two people. So it tells us about that energy. It, it really explains why you know, you meet some people and there's an immediate connection and you're just drawn to them. And then you meet other people and you might fall in love with them too, but it's more of a slow build. Like the synastry will tell us about the energy and the connections and how you trigger each other and also how you help each other grow. Yes. Perfect explanation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's dive into when you're working with synastry, like what are you... Like, what are your favorite things to tap mm. into with this energy? Yeah. So it depends because one of the things that that I love is when clients who come in that I've been working with individually are now ready for synastry. I'll take clients. If, if clients are like, I've never seen you before, I'm ready for a relationship reading. We will do that. I'll just dive into their own personal stuff a little bit first. But I love when I know a client really well and then kind of can get a sense of what they might need based on their synastry and on their chart. But some overall, like, are you asking for like aspects that I love or whatever comes up in your soul right now? Let's let it let the intuition guide you. Yeah. So I really love, um, when I see like Venus in the seventh house, um, Saturn connections are really beautiful. I know that they're hard. And a lot of times people are like, don't love that their partner Saturn is on their moon or anything like that, but that creates so much longevity and sustainability within the relationship. So I love Saturn connections. Um, and, I also use the composite chart too. So I really like the like the the play between the composite chart and the synastry chart. But usually with the synastry chart, I'm looking for um what makes the relationship special and also what allows you to grow together. Because if you can understand the purpose of the relationship, it's a lot easier to go through the highs and lows than if you're just like, oh, we're in another low and this sucks and why are we here? But if you understand why you came together, because that's in your synastry chart and your composite chart, um, it makes it easier to understand why sometimes your partner does the thing, the things that they do because they're meant to trigger you into certain things. Um, so I do like to start with that overall purpose component and then go into the like this is how this might happen this is how this might happen and really break it down in a practical way Mm, okay so I've just started like like learning the word composite chart for relationships Mm -hmm. what is Mm -hmm. the difference between that composite and the synastry yeah. So synastry is, is you take two individuals, you put them together. How are they impacting each other? What is the, um, trigger points in the relationship? And it's more just me as an individual being impacted by you and you as an individual being impacted by me. But the composite chart is like what we would call the couple bubble in couples therapy is really like 
what the relationship needs. It's about the two energies coming together and it becoming its own entity, its own thing. So sometimes you can have where one person is fulfilled and the other person is fulfilled, but something in the relationship feels off. And that's where we'll look at the composite chart. And there's usually a need or a desire or a foundational piece that the relationship needs in order to be sustained that isn't being fulfilled. So they work really beautifully together, in my opinion. Mm, I really love that because I feel like what what I'm seeing from that is like the composite chart is kind of offering you the the purpose of the relationship, like mm-hmm. the karmic purpose almost. And then yes. you go into the synastry to see, okay, like, well, what do we need to do to get yeah. there? And how can we, you know, either support each other? What do we need to release? What do we need to see, uh, right? Those triggers you spoke of um, yes. so that we can do that composite work chart like stuff. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So we kind of have a guide point from the composite chart and then looking into like, okay, well, what's next for that guide point? Yes. And, and how do we create that, the energy of our composite chart in a way that's going to feel good and fulfilling for both of us as individuals. So they do work really, really beautifully together. Mm, okay. So because in my work, you know me, I love to go into this, the hard stuff. I love to go into yes. shadow, the wounding. I'm like, let's like get down and dirty all that scorpionic stuff. Yes. <laughs> let's talk about, cause I love that you brought up Saturn. Cause when I'm diving into this, I'm like, Oh, Saturn, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm reading about Saturn's magic in relationships. And yeah, for sure. There's that yeah. sense of like, sh- like it's heavy, right? It's, yeah. it's heavy work. It's that karmic stuff. It's so deep, but agreed. Like, it's like, that's the stuff that's going to last. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I'm looking, I love obviously looking at the Pluto aspects going on yes. in the chart. So can we talk more about how these energy, the two tiered energies of these and like, you know, these, these more intense energies have the light aspect and they also have the, the heavy unearthing aspect about them. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I love Pluto too. I really do in my own chart and in a few select people's charts, but I find that people who, and I'd actually love to know your thoughts on this because you're like the Pluto girl, but, um, (laughs) I find so like Pluto Venus connections, for example, I personally, love them and relationships where there are like a Pluto Venus conjunction or a Pluto Venus square. Like I feel really good in those relationships. Um, but I've noticed that that's just definitely not the case for everybody. And the qualifier seems to be whether you carry that energy in your own natal chart and already have a deep sense of comfort with it. Whereas if you don't, like I have a Venus, um, Pluto opposition in my chart. So I'm super cozy with that energy. So when someone brings it to me, I can be like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Like let's do this. But, um, that's why I always go back to the original natal chart. Cause it'll also tell you so much about what somebody's capacity for something is. And if somebody like, for example, if somebody has a ton of really light, like Jupiter energy in their chart, so, and they have a purpose where they're meant to really expand and grow and like be in that Jupiter energy, a relationship that has a lot of really Saturn heavy connections is not going to be that fulfilling for them because it's not going to allow them to lean into their life's purpose. So the 
the original natal chart is so important, but I'm with you on that. I, I know that a lot of people are like, how do I find compatibility? And they want what's easy, but it, it's like, what's easy is not what creates longevity. What's easy is going to like feel easy for a while, but it's not going to create that bond. Whereas I think sometimes when they see, when people see, oh, I have a Saturn connection with my partner or I have a Pluto connection with my partner, it can be really easy to get scared about that. But those are the relationships that do have a lot of growth, a lot of wisdom, a lot of transformation. And if you can work with that and work through that together, those are the relationships where there's a deep loyalty to each other. Yeah. Oh, and I agree with that fully. Um, and I see this, you know, just it will take it out of the relationship lens for a minute. Like my very Plutonian people, and I would say 95% of the souls that work with me are highly Plutonian souls, just that attraction yeah. level, right? That's my magnet. For sure. Um, and so, you know, those people are ready to do the work with me because that's the work I'm magnetizing, right? So when I open up a chart with someone and I'll always say, just so you know, like, I'm going to ask you if I can go to certain areas in your chart, because I'm going to see things that are trauma. I'm going to see triggers, right? And I'm going to ask you, can I go there? And every single one of my clients goes, we're going there, right? Like before I even (laughs) ask the question. Of course. Yeah. I, I definitely see that in direct relation to, if we take that into the sinistry moment, it's those people who, yeah, have that energy are more comfortable with that energy. Mm-hmm. seem to yeah, kind of sit in those relationships and go, okay, well, what is this bringing to me? How is this making me grow? Or, you know, they really thrive in those places. And just in reflection mm-hmm. of myself, I have a Pluto sextile to my Venus, uh, mm-hmm. my Venus Mercury conjunction. And then I have a Saturn Uranus Neptune trine up to my Venus as well. So like, there's oh, a yeah. lot you of- got lucky. You have the nice light aspect. <laughs> Thank I love God. Those. Because, yes. because I play between this land of Plutonian energy and Uranian energy and half of me yeah. is like obsessive and then half of me is like run. Right. So yeah. it's a very interesting dichotomy and I watch it and I'm like, you are a fascinating creature, but because I I have those aspects, you know, that is what I crave and where I am Mm -hmm. comfortable, you know, right now I'm in a relationship with now that I know century, I can look at it. We have a lot of personal aspects to Pluto between the two of us. And Mm -hmm. it is very obsessive and sexual and intense and deep emotional right and like we have this like crazy psychic cord but he he calls it a mind link like literally Mm -hmm. we like know when each other's going to text each other we know what each other's thinking he knows when I'm off like there's like it's the mind link right Um, whereas if I wasn't a Plutonian type person or I have a lot of Saturn stuff in my chart too if I didn't have that energy this would really trigger me. I'd be like, of this course. is too much. This is way too intense, right? Um, if I was, like you said, that very Jupiter, lighthearted, yeah. um, maybe, you know, I have Libra rising and then Pluto in my first house. That's very Persephone, very Persephone, yes. Hades energy, right? Definitely. If I didn't have that, I'd be like, Ooh, oh my goodness. So yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, like linking it back to who you are as a person and then that energy in relationships, like is what you're seeking. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it, it's really about what you're comfortable with. And I think that also helps people sometimes to understand why, why your friends are making relationship decisions that you wouldn't make or why 
you know, certain people, I know there's this thing that everyone's talking about, like, well, if you're dating the same guy in a different body over and over and over, it's because there's like a lesson or a trauma you need to work through. And sometimes that's true, but it's sometimes more just about finding someone who can embody that energy in a a healthy way, because that's simply what you're attracted to. And there's nothing wrong with that. So um, there's nothing. I think the beautiful thing about synastry, about relationship astrology is also like getting rid of some of the shame that we have around dating and relationships, because especially right now, there's a lot of, of ideas about what you should be looking for in a partner. And it's like, everybody needs such different things in relationship. Nobody else can ever tell you what you should be looking for. And I see a lot of people who have these natural desires for things. Like for example, I'll see clients who have a natural desire for security and safety. And they're like, I don't really care that much about passion or romance, but all my friends keep telling me that because my boyfriend isn't buying me flowers all the time and paying for all my meals, that this is not the relationship I should be in. Right. And so I think part of this also allows us to make peace with what we're attracted to and what works for us. And then we can just own it without being like, is this wrong for me to want this? Or is it, you know, should I want something else? You know? Yeah. And I love that because it goes right back to what you said about intimately knowing yourself helps you end up in partnerships that like are aligned with you and not what you've been programmed to believe or what your friends tell you you should be in or like anything that's outside of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We all need something so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this even makes me think about, you know, a lot of the astrology garbage I see come like floating around on the internet, right? That's just like, if you're a Scorpio, you shouldn't be with a Taurus or like, right. Where I'm like the complexity that you have just boiled down to nothing. Hey, I love opposition energy. I am madly in love with it. So and did I see this? I'm like, cause I remember my whole life. Okay. So before I knew my actual chart and the complexity of me, I knew I was a Virgo son. Okay. And mm-hmm. so for years it was never date a Pisces, never date a oh Pisces. Right? I married a Pisces. That's so funny. Right? Yes. And I would just be like, Oh no, bad Pisces. And then I met my husband and I was like, you are just the most like oceanic Yes. gentle creature I've ever met. Mm-hmm. He also has a mad Scorpio stellium and there's some like deep waters there. Um, but I just remember being like, oh, of all those years, they said, don't date a Pisces. And like, then when I delve into this energy, I was like, the polarity is beautiful. Yes. Yeah, it is. There's something that every different person can teach us. And I mean, unless unless both people are very sun driven, like they're both like in this lifetime, I'm going to be seen. They really want to be validated, be the leader, be the star of everything. Um, unless both people in the relationship are that the sun doesn't play in that much anyways, seriously, kind of takes a back seat in a sense. So, um, (laughs) yeah, sun sign garbage astrology, like it's just, isn't real. It's not real. It's just just clickbait. Literally. It's funny because a lot of my clients, when we go into readings, will be like, you didn't even touch my sun sign. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't like, I just, I'm not interested. It had, it had no aspects to Pluto. It had no aspects to Saturn. It gave me nothing like your sun sign's important. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Embody it, learn it. But like, I got nothing to tell you today. (laughs) Yes. Well, especially because most people already know that part of themselves and 
and have integrated it. So yeah, that makes sense for sure. Yeah. So it's, I love that because yeah, the sun is a beautiful energy to tap into, but you know, there is a whole world within that, that we are going to discover every time we tap in. And then that's that discovery of self. So, okay. Can you speak to, because I know people listening are going to love this. Can you speak to nodal connections in synastry? Mm, Yes. So the, like what it is, break it down. Like, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. What is it? Why is it so important? Cause I think it's one of the most important connections. I would agree. Yeah. Well, especially if you're looking to evolve spiritually through your relationships, if that's not important to you, then maybe don't choose a nodal connection well, relationship. Don't go there. <laughs> don't, don't even try. But, um, so the North node represents, um, essentially like where we're going and, and the trigger point of, of learning, at least in modern astrology, I know that traditional astrology didn't always see it that way, but I've just found with clients that the modern take on the North node, South node seems to be much more accurate for us. Maybe hundreds of years ago, the old school approach was more accurate then, but I think we have collectively been so disconnected from our purpose and from that energy that now there's like this reclamation of it. So the North node is what we're meant to kind of move towards in in my eyes. And when we have like, say my North node is conjunct my partner's moon, right? There is a a sense of like growing together, learning together, and also learning from each other, right? The North node person will learn from the planet person um, and vice versa, because the, the planet person will have to find a way to be in that energy in a sustainable way. Um, so there's so much growth and value. I think that they do speak to soul contracts. Um, and when you have South node connections, that speaks to like a loop that needs to be closed. I know sometimes people see that and think that that means that you can't end up with that person. No, you definitely can. Um, it's just that there's going to be some learning and there's going to be some maybe deeper triggers, deeper wounding, and maybe some things that do feel like, oh, this person reminds me of my dad or, oh, I feel like me and this person had past lifetimes together, that kind of thing. But the North node and the South node are really important when we're looking at synastry. If you're looking at something that feels faded um, and destiny, and if you want to bring that component into a relationship. Mm, I love this because when I was like diving into this energy specifically, it rang so true of, you know, the South node because I'm, I'm in love with the South node. It's one of my favorite energies, but you know how it can kind of like pull us back into Mm -hmm. versions of ourselves. And I I would say it's like the low octave, right? Cause with the South node, I see it as high octave as mastery. Low octave is like, Ooh, you're just stuck in your rut. Yeah. You're in that comfort and you are just in your lowest octave of yourself. Um, and within my own relationships, I've got my Leo South node and, you know, there's, I've had many people with Leo conjunctions to it where I'm like, Mm -hmm. I better check myself before I wreck myself because my moon is also conjunct my South node, my mid heaven and my Jupiter all up in Leo. Okay. So when I get into my South node, she is emotional. (laughs) Yeah. She brings a lot to the table. She is a lot. <laughs> so have you read that, Cosmic Love no, by I Jack haven't. Miller? That's no. a really good resource on the notes. Like okay. probably one of my favorite relationship resources actually. Okay. I'm going to have to get that. Cause she was actually my first astrology book was her astrology. Oh, I love that. 
yeah, yeah. cosmic love is just as good it's great yeah. it's coming today yeah. officially after this call <laughs> i'm getting it you're gonna because go pick it, it up right there's so much magic around mm-hmm. these nodal connections and witnessing myself so i would not have seen this before right in 10 years ago of me not seeing myself being pulled back into my very very low leo traits my high leo is a beautiful shining star Mm -hmm. she's wonderful but my low leo is she is a lot so Mm -hmm. now witnessing and again it leads us back to do you know yourself right Mm -hmm. do you know what you need and then seeing when i'm in my like that south node trigger i'm going back into my south node lately I've been very, very in my Aquarian North node. Okay. And it's mm-hmm. conjunct my IC. So it's a little easier to get there, but it's still work. <laughs> so yeah. lately I've been kind of, di- I've been sitting in that Aquarian energy has been very detached. Right. But I mean, it's in the fourth house. So it's, it's emotional too, but I've been sitting in that detachment, being the witness in this transition I'm in, in my life. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, this is fascinating. Right. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, letting all my Leo, partners and Leo people in my life, like, you know, assist me in going backwards. So it's interesting. I'm going, I'm going somewhere else. Like I need to grow into this opposite direction. I love that. Yeah. And the detachment feels so good. So like speaking to your North (laughs) node, how good it can feel, right? Your North node's going to feel good. Your, your South node, if you go into those little octaves, it's not going to feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. I, I, mine is similar. I have a Capricorn North node and then Cancer South node. So when I'm in that low energy, low octave cancer energy, it feels so icky. And I'm just immediately like, okay, I need to recenter myself. I need to chill. Yeah. And what a good, um, like marker for knowing you're out of alignment, right. Is that sensation? Like, do I feel like, like icky with myself right now? Do I see those parts of myself where I'm just like, Oh, that's, I don't like it. Right. It's a really good question. Are, Are you operating in your, your low octaves? Yeah. I think it's a good question to ask all the time, but especially when we're looking at the South node, you know, mine's in the eighth house too. So when I'm there, I could get stuck there. Oh yeah. Really stuck in that energy. So the Capricorn North node in the second house just feels so different and light and, and grounded, you know? Um, but yeah, I think understanding the North node and South node is really important when we're looking at relationships, not every long-term powerful, important relationship will have those connections, but when you do have them, they're, they're really significant. Mm -hmm. And even from what I've been like diving into, it's possible that these nodal relationships are not the long-term ones. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like the big changers. They're the big Mm -hmm. uh, teaching moments. And that's not to say if you're in a nodal relationship, that's going to end. I just mean, what I've been reading is often they're so pivotal that they're not forever. Um, now there are going to be obviously other things in your synastry that are going to you know, give you that longevity, like you mentioned Saturn. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, it, they are there, they seem to be big changers, big door openers. Yeah. They get you on your path. Mm. It's like an eclipse in human form. Oh, <laughs> I love that. It. Gets you, like it pushes you onto your path. These are the people that are here to remind you of what your path is. I'm literally obsessed with what you just said. It's an eclipse in yeah. form. Yeah. Oh, okay. So 
what can people, you know, I mean, we've already tapped into, you know, knowing yourself helps you know your relationships, but when people are diving into even wanting to dip a toe in this stuff, um, where Mm. do you suggest they begin? Mm. Yeah, I, I think like if you're looking at your chart and you just want to get the basics and not go too deep, because I wouldn't recommend trying to read your aspects in your synastry. If you are new to astrology, that might be really hard um, and you might get something wrong, but definitely like pay attention to, this is kind of my formula for relationships. So I'm always looking with clients, like what is your moon sign? And is that part of you being nourished? Like that is foundational first thing you take care of. If your partner and you have really different moon energies, you have to learn how to nurture each other in that you have to give up a certain amount of selfishness and comfort and go, this is my partner's moon sign. I need to support them in, in nurturing that part of themselves. Um, then once, once you've got that foundation of, okay, we understand this, then you can move on to Venus and Mars, right. And create more passion and attraction and magnetism. And then also make sure that your values are aligned, um, you know, starting there. And then I actually go into the seventh house because your seventh house, like you will attract partners who embody that seventh house energy, but especially if you are unintegrated in that within yourself. So understanding the seventh house and what energies are held there is really, really important. Then after that, when you do want to start to get into synastry, the first things to look for is just what connections are made between the moon? Like, do I have any moon connections with my partner? Do I have any Venus connections with my partner? Do I have any planets that are landing in the third, seventh, or eighth houses? Those are the significant ones I look at. The fifth house too, actually. Um, And then is there any connections with Venus? Obviously, Mm -hmm. Venus and the moon and... um, Mars too, if you're fighting a lot, if that's a big Mm. part of the relationship. Good question. Right. Okay. I love this because I love that it, it, it always leads back to self. It always leads back Mm. to self-discovery and how empowering it actually is to learn yourself through your astrology. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about the seventh house, because I teach the seventh house as self-care because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like when we're, when we don't understand our descendant or our seventh house, we are missing what I actually refer to it. And I wonder how you feel about this is, um, you know, the Aristotle quote, oh my goodness, it's about soulmates basically being like the the two people who separate um, at birth and then they're looking for yes. each other. That's twin flame energy. Now my, my mm-hmm. view on twin flames will trigger a bunch of people. So we won't go there today. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. it's like that idea of like um, searching for your, your other half. Right. And I actually see the seventh house as our as other that. half. Right. The, the piece yes. we're, we're looking for, it's not a person. Um, a person can help us cultivate it, but it's that Um, that piece of yourself, you don't necessarily see that piece that's not integrated. So I love that you bring that up as Mm -hmm. looking at that and being like, what am I essentially, quote unquote, missing, you're not actually Mm -hmm. missing it, but what am I missing or not integrated with in that energy? Yes. Yeah. Cause that's really, really important. Like if you 
don't understand your seventh house and what's living there, um, it can be really easy just to have a partner fulfill that energy for you. And lots of people do that. So there's not necessarily anything wrong with it. But if you want to feel really whole and really like good in your own energy and like you don't need to rely on someone else to fully fulfill your potential, then understanding and integrating your seventh house is important. And you might still end up like, I have a Gemini seventh house. All of my partners have been Gemini's. It's like, I've always <laughs> been very attracted to that energy. And now that I've integrated it, it's like, I'm that attraction is still there. I have the sun in the seventh house as well too. So that combo is, is pretty magical, but um, that attraction is still there. I still love men who have like Gemini Venus, Gemini sun, like that energy is really attractive to me but it's not seductive in the way that it used to be because I can own that energy in myself. Right. You're fulfilling yourself. So it's interesting because my descendant is Aries. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I have a little bit of Taurus in my seventh house. So I have not, I have only been with one Aries ever. Mm -hmm. Very, very triggering energy for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very triggering energy. Taurus, very triggering energy for me. Mm -hmm. So for the longest time, when I started to tap into my descendant seventh house, I was like, these are the two energies I never date. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I, I reject the, I mean like that Aries energy, but it's getting better falling in love with it now, (laughs) but I would be like, like hiss, like get away. Right. I was always, I'm obsessed with Aquarius energy. That is my weakness. Okay. I do have a lot of Aquarius in my chart that helps, but it's interesting now that I'm integrating, right. I've integrated Taurus so much into me. Taurus has become like the love of my life. Now I'm integrating Aries. I'm learning Aries. I'm, you know, I'm I'm falling in love with Aries as an energy and seeing it within myself. Now I can see, you know, Aries energy in the world and be like, damn, that's sexy. Yeah. That makes sense. Is Aquarius ruling your fifth house? Uh, Pisces actually. Uh, with a little, a little bit of Aquarius, you know, if you put me in whole signs though, it does put Aquarius. I use whole signs. So that's why I was like doing the calculation in my head. I'm like Aries seventh house. Okay. So then yeah, Aquarius would be fifth house. Yeah, And that makes sense because your fifth house is, you know, your romantic potential and Mm. um, where all relationships begin, but it's not always what we want long-term. So I think it's great that you're leaning into that eighth house because the, the way that I view the eighth house is like, yes, there's all this like shadow there, but it's also what happens after the marriage, after the commitment, that's where like the intimacy and all of that gets built. So when we choose a partner that has eighth house connections, um, yeah, there's going to be some triggers, but there's also going to be that loyalty, that intimacy and that depth that we're traditionally most of us looking for in a relationship. Mm, And I love that so much because when I witness it within myself and the shift I'm having, right, I'm starting to notice, you know, what I desire in a partner is very different. I want the self-starting energy now. I want this very driven Aries, like (laughs) energy. And then I also want the Taurus grounded, like sustainable um, you know, not money driven, but like money grounded energy. And I'm craving that energy and I see it and I witness it and I'm like, this is so fascinating. Yeah. I love that. Right. And like, just 
for me, I'm seeing the divine masculine finally that I don't think I ever saw before. I think Mm -hmm. I saw toxic masculinity, very, very, very drawn to the low octave of Aquarius, right? These men, Mm -hmm. non-committal reflection of myself, wanted Mm -hmm. to run reflection of myself, but right. All these Aquarian things in the low octave, obviously Aquarius has its high, (laughs) beautiful octave that I'm obsessed with too. But now I'm seeing the shift and I'm like, wow, that's because Mm -hmm. I'm looking at that seventh house and seeing you know, that, that soulmate energy within myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. That inner marriage or that inner union between the inner divine feminine and the inner divine masculine outside of like anything that you can do with astrology, finding a way to, to bring those two together is really, really powerful for, for relationships and and really for everything. Mm, I agree so much. It's that union. I love that. Oh, I'm feeling really lit up by this conversation right now. Okay. So what a beautiful place to kind of leave off today and have everyone be so interested now to dive into themselves. And I actually, I, like I said, I love that this left off on like self-discovery mm-hmm. then partnership because it is, it can't be the other way around. Right. It's no, it has to, <laughs> it has to be like you first, you knowing yourself first, you understanding yourself first. So, um, I always like, even when I'm bringing, even when I was working with couples, like outside of astrology, there was so much self self-discovery that I would send couples on because I'm like, how is your partner supposed to meet your needs? If you don't even know what they are, you know, literally that's the <laughs> biggest question. So wait, there's the question for everyone today that we're going to leave you with, right? Is like, if you're sitting there, you know, diving into this and you're, you're feeling those things like, Hey, I guess it's time to get to know yourself deeper. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so go in and take all that advice that was just given to you dive in journal. I'm, I'm a big journal astrology journal. Like I'm like, this is what's happening. (laughs) I love that. I used to do that. I need to get back into it. I move like in and out for sure. Where I'm just Mm -hmm. like, you know, my Aries sixth house is like, she gets so bored with routine, but you know, I go in and out, in and out. (laughs) So, okay. How can people work with you? Because you have beautiful offerings. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. We have a lot going on over here because I am a manifesting generator. So, you know, once I'm onto like one project, I'm ready to start and, and fuel another. Um, but the best way is like the way that I kind of have it set up is that there's different things at different levels, depending on where you're at with your astrology journey and, and more so like your self-empowerment journey. Everything that we create is just about helping you to feel more whole in yourself. And then also obviously with your partner and in in other things. And so there's the soul guide is maybe like the first thing that I would start with if you're totally new to astrology. And what that is, is it's a 70 to 80 page PDF booklet with a breakdown of your astrology and your human design. It's kind of like an astral report, but um, we made it really beautiful. It's like a coffee table book. And I wanted to bring more soul into it. Like, I don't know about you, but I've purchased a lot of astro reports and they're just kind of like, did a robot write this? Like a robot did write it for sure. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. So these are written like by me, you know, these are, I sat down and I spent months just channeling different things and um, I'm always going in and kind of re-adding new things in. Um, And so 
Um, the soul guide is where I would start. I also do readings, um, one-on-one astro HD readings, as well as couples readings, business readings, that kind of thing. Um, and then for people who are really ready to learn astrology themselves, I have a year long astro mentorship program that I love. It's probably one of my favorite things that we do because I just love teaching astrology. And I feel like teaching in a lot of ways is where my gifts are. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we have everything from like beginner to like totally advanced and we do have like courses and ebooks and all of that stuff as well. So just go on the the website, cosmiclaundry.com and take a look around. Yeah, we got lots. That. You have yeah. so much. And I, I love seeing it because there's so many ways to work with you guys and just <laughs> mm-hmm. like your aesthetics. I'm like, um, hello. <laughs> hello. Thank you. <laughs> Thank all you. Your I- Venus energy is like, is- Right. Yes. The, the, the Venus really, I'm really Venus dominant. Um, and so Venus really comes through in my work. So if you're also not a Venus type girly, you might not <laughs> love my work, but, um, Chantal's very plutonic. So we've started bringing in more of that, like depth and, mm. and that, that deeper, more intense energy. So I think it's a pretty beautiful blend. Yeah. As a very Venus yeah. plutonian person, I'm like, yeah. Like yeah. It. You're like, this is, this is it. Yeah. For my sure. shit right here. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with us today. It's an honor to just mm-hmm. listen to you and all your brilliant brain information pour out. Thank you. I'm so happy like that. We finally made this work and that we were able to connect and um, I'm happy just to like, see you again and, and connect because it's been a while. I know. I know. Super, yeah. super thankful. Thank you so much. Yeah. So for anyone uh, who wants to connect with Giselle and the cosmic laundry, you know, I'm going to link everything in the show notes. Um, her Instagram is at the cosmic laundry. Do you have any other handles you want to throw in there? I have my personal one. It's not like personal, personal. It's my, like more what my therapy one was where more of my writing and stuff is. So that one is ocean Giselle, but for, um, astrology, the cosmic laundry, that's the handle and we're on TikTok too. So amazing. Okay. Go follow. You're going to fall madly in love. Mm -hmm. Thank you Giselle so much.